An all-American Vietnam vet becomes a voice for the anti-war campaign. An out-of-the-box teacher encourages his students to seize the day. An unseen voice encourages the construction of a baseball diamond in Iowa. A disabled young man teaches himself to paint in the only way he can. And an elderly Jewish woman is chauffeured by an older African-American man in mid-century Georgia. This time on the Oscar should have gone to... 1989. Driving, Miss Daisy. Nice. Hey, Craig. Hey, Meg. How back are you? Back from Italy. Back Craig. from Italia. So glad to be back. It's so much better here in America. <laughs> Although Italy's like falling apart politically, also. They, yeah. We watched a lot of BBC International and CNN International because it was the only and like The Simpsons in Italian. Like, I was gonna say, what else are you gonna do in yeah. Italy other than watch TV? But uh, like, they have a prime minister that like is not happening and like there's probably gonna be snap elections in the fall and the like the prime minister is not happening well because they they're more like britain where like people vote and then like they choose like the party has to form around someone oh, yeah mm-hmm. but the guy that they formed it around is like a nationalist like businessman who's never held political office before and oh, i'm like that sounds hmm. uh so yeah that but the is food tough. is but, but the food's the food better. Is, the food is way better. <laughs> yeah. the and they have better. those liters of wine, just the table wine. And people don't look at you weird if you have wine every day. No. And I assume you did. Yeah. There's a oh, lot yeah. of pictures of uh, a lot of wine, a lot of gelato, just yeah. a lot of pizza and pasta. Oh, everybody's planning. Occasionally, like a salad, like once every three days for no. me, because you have to occasionally have like because it's just. It's basically just like oil and we had spinach. I had a side dish of spinach one night. That sounds That was terrible. so good. And it's because there, they're just like, oh, we'll just throw a bunch of oil and butter in this and cook it. <laughs> Whereas here in LA, everyone's like, well, this is actually, there's some water on it. We did wash it, but it's a side dish now. Can you imagine just like eating? It basically is just like there's places here like Cafe Gratitude where it's just like, here's a bowl of raw spinach. And, and it's called town. I Love Myself. I truly have decided to stop eating healthy and also going to the gym because A, the world is going to end very soon, and B, it doesn't seem to make a difference. Like, it doesn't put a dent in A, my physical appearance, or B, the way that I... Uh, feel about yourself. Feel about myself. Yeah. So I'm, I've sort of have come to this this conclusion of, like, why, why, am I, why am I bothering? Yeah. Maybe that's a good note to bring in our guest because what I was going to say is we're also both married now. And our guest is also married. So, like, like who are we trying to impress? I don't know. You know? I don't um, know. With us, the host of two great podcasts, the Carry On podcast, a Sex in the City podcast, and Boys and Ghouls, Cat Wells. Hello. Hello. I've been sitting here listening to your <laughs> lovely banter. Yeah. Um, and that's how podcasting works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Behind this, a little behind the scenes, I was here for that conversation that Craig and Megan just had. Yeah, it must have been so hard for you not to chime in about yeah. it letting was. yourself go. It was. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, see, I like to keep it tight for yeah. my cats. Yes, sure. Um, sure. But I, but 
it's it's so interesting because I was just I was just talking to my husband about uh, that today, as a matter of fact, because I've been feeling kind of like everything's fitting a little tighter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than it was, and I'm 33, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it's fine. Um, I'm still I'm a thin person. It's we all are. It's mm-hmm. fine, but like you know that thing where you never had to think about it before. Now suddenly you're like. I just weighed myself and I don't weigh myself and I weigh about 15 pounds more than I did a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't show that much on me because right. I'm pretty tall. No, you're tall. But you realize you're just like, you know what? Uh, I d- now this sort of thing is like a th- you either have to reconcile yourself mm-hmm. with it or it becomes a huge part of your life as you try to keep it under control. Right. And I'm in the middle of that. Yeah. Right I'm, I'm going to advise you just let like, I, this is why I've started wearing a lot of dresses you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, everything just kind of flows. Like, underneath, it is a real Jabba the Hutt situation. <laughs> like, it is just, like, it, it's just rolls upon rolls. But if I wear a flowy dress, like, you know, my my face is still You're an ethereal queen. You can, you yeah. can wear a flowy dress in the summer, a chunky sweater mm-hmm. in the winter. We don't really have winter here. But, no. you know, once it gets down below... 75 degrees yeah. people are throwing their uggs on here yeah. so as long as i have nothing like cinching like around my like um i would say my waist but it's really just like my fat <laughs> my, you know what Mid- i mean yeah. middle area yeah that middle yeah. area then mm-hmm. i am I'm totally fine and just work out your arms that's it end of story keep those michelle obamas yeah mm-hmm. keep them strong yeah, yeah. keep those toned because god knows good. you don't want that to go but then the rest of it is fine yeah, yeah. the rest of it's it is just fine, fine. My husband's like really into beer now. He's like a big beer, beer dude. So we, I've been drinking like, I never drank beer before really. But now he's like, oh, I want you to try this. I want you to try this. So I'm like, yeah, I'll have some of this beer. That'll do it. Whoof, <laughs> guys. Turns out beer's not good for you. <laughs> it's, it's weird because they don't, they don't tell you that, no. to be yeah. fair. So. There's a, I never knew where beer Someone. belly came from, and now I do. Someone <laughs> should tell people yeah. about that. It should yeah. be out there. It's a real bummer. Everything good is bad for you. So. Yeah. yeah. I, we were coming back from Italy. On the, so we flew back into New York and just spent the night at Allie's parents' house and then flew back to LA the next day. And I was she just like, She's yeah. back too. She's back too. And I was like, uh, when we got to New York, her mom was like, do you want a glass of wine? I was like, I actually don't. Yeah. I need a break. <laughs> like, I have to take a break from yeah. wine yeah. for two days. Well, let, like, me, let me introduce you to my new friend, Beer, because... <laughs> yeah. uh, I did have a beer, I think, that night. Because <laughs> I did occasionally have a beer in Italy, but it's yeah. mostly, yeah. you know. Because you're like... Yeah, we'll get the cheap wine, which is better than the eight eighty dollar bottle yes. of wine in LA. 100%. So like, so yeah, yeah. And again, people don't look at you weird. So no, you can have it. Ten in the Eat, morning. pray, love, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just live your life. Austin wine. Yeah. yeah, minus the praying and the loving. And it's just more. It's more <laughs> just, just like eat, just, drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eat. It was it was hot in places, so eat, sweat, drink. Yeah. That was basically. My Italian vacation. What a dream. What a dream, you know? Let's get the fuck out of here. God, let's Can we all, start recording? Guys, let's all move to Florence. Literally anywhere. And actually, I mean, I like LA. I went to the flea market today. I walked around. I felt very magical. Mm-hmm. You can walk there. Yeah, it's great. It's That's so incredible. great. It's so great. I've only been to the... Shame. Here's my, here's my shame admission of the day. I've been there once. <gasps> Girl. Isn't that you, crazy? That is crazy. How long have you lived here? 10 years? Girl. I you, know. <laughs> I don't, it's, listen, it's overwhelming and I feel like you've got to be in the right frame of mind. Right. But my friend, I, I brought Rachel Lewis, friend of the podcast uh-huh. uh, today, who was like, I'm not going, I'm, and A, I'm not going, B, I'm not buying anything. 
fast forward to mm-hmm. she literally bought every, something every little stand that we went to and every time she go I hate you I can't believe I'm doing this <laughs> she's great you yeah, love her. yeah she sounds fun yeah. yeah yeah she loves to buy things she does um, should we jump into this? Should Let's we jump do it. into the movies? Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm gonna go ahead and say I watched all of these on transportation. Right, of course. I watched two movies on the way to Italy. I watched two movies on trains in Italy. I watched two movies Allie on a plane that. back from Italy and right. two movies on a plane from New York to LA. So a lot of transportation movies. Um, what I'll say about these nominees before we get into them on a whole is this is not a great year for no. Oscar nominees. Negative. Yeah, I correct. Think. Correct. For me. Well, also, it was a surprising sort of like, some of them I had not seen before. Uh-huh. And then even the ones that I had, I was. I mean, it was like a long. I'm glad we had a long time to watch them because I was. Yeah. I don't have as much experience as the two of you do watching. Yeah. I mean, you you have been consuming a lot of Oscar films. Yes. Well, um, I say too many. Yeah. At a certain point. Yeah. yeah. I tend to. We've made a skew, terrible mistake. The majority of my consumption, movie wise, tends to go toward horror and cult films because mm-hmm. I have podcasts about such. Yeah. So. Um, that said, I was telling my co-host of our horror podcast, who also happens to be, he watches a lot of movies, my friend Marshall, and I told him what I was watching, and he was like, you know, an interesting year, this is devil's advocate yeah. to what you were saying, um, where kind of like the, the nominees are not these like giant, for the most part, um, spectacle films. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which for is sure. kind of, I don't know, interesting oh, at yeah. least. Sure. Yeah, they're all, yeah, I would say they're all probably pretty, I wonder what the budgets, I bet there weren't any $100 million yeah. movies among yeah. any of these. I mean, I would think at least two of them are probably pretty micro-budgeted. Yeah. Um, Turns out, money makes movies better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Money um, makes everything Betty better. So, Betty? Better. Yeah. yeah. So what we'll do is we'll kind of go through these guys uh, alphabetically. We'll end with uh, Driving Miss Daisy, which won. Um, and then if there are any other movies from the year uh, we want to talk about, we'll do that. Um, so alphabetically, uh, we will start with Born on the Fourth of July. Oof. Boof. Boof. I had boof. heard this title for years and had no idea what it was about. Was yeah. there a play? Is there a play about the Fourth of July? There is. There's a play called The Fifth of July. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the very, different, very story. different story. There but is someone book. in a wheelchair in it, though. See, that, okay, I'm telling you, yeah. I got very confused. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the Fifth of July. It's confusing. Yeah. I think yeah. that play might be better than this movie. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting movie because uh, I don't know. Um, it's this weird mixture of like Oliver Stone directed this film, so there's this directorial lens to it, but we're also telling a real person's story. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realize until I got a bit into it and I thought, this feels like it's a biopic, but yeah. like I'd never heard of this guy. Yeah. So then I sure. stopped and looked it up and I was like, I'll be damned. It is a biopic. <laughs> yeah. I liked this movie more when the main character was called Lieutenant Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that so many times. So So many many times. So many needle drops where I was like, Mm -hmm. well, this is Forrest Gump. Yeah. Him getting carried out on somebody's show. I was like, holy shit. There are so many echoes of probably purposeful of this movie in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I think Gary Sinise might be better at it. For me, this movie felt like Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch for like two and a half hours. It was really long 
And he just was like, and listen, I love Tom Cruise. Same. Spoiler alert. I love Tom Cruise. I'm uh, obsessed with Tom Cruise. I will watch anything with anything him in he it. does. Have you seen? You should do yourself a favor for the new. Uh, what is it? What is it called? Fallout, the new Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. He's the first actor to do a whatever is fucking basically jump out of a fucking plane. Not surprised like, at that. It, it's to to get the shot. It's like he jumps out of the plane, and it's like. There's a special on it on like YouTube or something, and I watched it. It's like mind blowing because he's fucking crazy. Man. He's a maniac. He's yeah. a maniac. He's cuckoo pants insane. Insane. And I will watch absolutely anything he does. Sure. I, I think this movie is not the right tone for an actor like Tom Cruise. Maybe it's very much like he's like six years into his career. He's become like this huge star. Like you know, two years before or whatever with Top Gun. And this was very much, like, then he does Rain Man and Dustin Hoffman gets all the credit for yeah. it. uh-huh. And this is very much his, well, now I'm going to go win my best actor, so yeah. this is the movie I'm going to do next play. And I think, I hope that movie still comes, that there's something that he does win an Oscar for, because yeah. I think he has given... Oscar-worthy performances yeah, like in Magnolia and stuff like that. Honestly, this terrible movie I was talking about this the other day is Rock of Ages. It's like it's truly one of the worst movies. I've ever I seen. haven't watched it oh, yet because I'm nervous to be embarrassed for him. Oh, I'm, I'm. He's the only person that comes out of it okay. Oh, wonderful. He's awesome. I he's, saw that show on stage, yeah. but I was like, I don't need to see this. As oh, it's really, really bad. Paul Giamatti. But do watch yourself. Do watch the video of Paul Giamatti saying, "Here I go." on my own <laughs> it's pretty amazing okay. but but Tom Cruise is amazing and he's a good actor yeah. yeah this is a bad this, this isn't is bad. this isn't great for him it's uh, I was reading some trivia about the movie and apparently originally the movie is supposed to be made in the late 70s 10 years before okay and Pacino was attached to it yeah oh. and it feels much more particularly it I had rewatched sense. the movie before I did it but I was like yeah, it's more of a Pacino role. Yeah. Like, I can see Pacino making this work a little Pacino bit better. I can see Pacino yelling penis at his mom. Oh, my God. That scene easily. is I, difficult. Really? <laughs> I kind of loved it because it was so bonkers. Yeah. I even It's one of the few things I wrote down. I wrote down, uh, uh, don't you say penis in this house. Penis. Big fucking erect <laughs> penis, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this line is yeah. in this line? movie. Is in this movie. It, also, it, his mom calls hippies creepy long hairs. Yeah. Yeah. There are just some really odd really writing. Whole, like, really the whole opening writing. of this film is very strange because it very much is like, I see what he's trying to do, like making this like idealized, like all American town, like yeah. where everyone goes to the 4th of July. But it's like the parents are like these like larger than life. Fit, they, like they feel like parents and like, a Goosebumps yeah. novel. I had like, a dream the way they're where shot you from were, below. <laughs> yeah. You were Mom's talking like, like like John F. Kennedy. It's creepy. I don't care for it. It seems like the beginning of a horror movie where like you yes. find out everybody in the town has been possessed. And you get why they cast Cruz for a lot of the beginning. Like once like it's like yeah. we gotta him, go over there. We gotta go because he that. is very much more like like all American. Like I can't imagine Al Pacino doing like no the high school He'd scenes or like yeah. yeah. Um, but then once we get to like overwrought, like my life has fallen apart, like Willem Dafoe in this movie also, Whoa. who's like, <laughs> it's like, Guys. I'm, uh, here's the thing. That's probably a real guy. Like yeah. 
For sure. It's Willem Dafoe. I'm sure that's a real guy, but it's like that, all that stuff, like, is just. It's also, he shows up an hour in and then. He's second build in this movie, and I think it's over an hour in. It's like. It's like, oh, yeah, sorry, it's like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And he's only in, like, the Mexico parts. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. um, Can I say one other thing, too? Kira Sedgwick Mm -hmm. is supposed to be. She looks older, and this is no knock on Kira Sedgwick. She's a beautiful woman. I'm with you. She looks older than, like, the mom uh-huh. in certain scenes. She, she's one of those actresses who just kind of has always looked the same age, and it's odd for her to be playing, like, 16 or 17. 1,000%. Yeah. It's weird. She looks, this, she looks amazing now. She looks the yeah. same now as yeah. she did then, but in those high school scenes, I'm like, oh, you are 40 years old. Yeah. What is happening? I also think um, often when I look at movies, I, I find... I, how do I say this correctly? So this is a movie that came out in 1989 about that like starts 20 years before, somewhere around 20 plus years before. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. 60s. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, it probably it probably starts. The movie itself probably starts like 30 years. Yeah. Before. Okay. JFK. They're watching. Yeah. So speech. think about the marked difference between like this the type of world that is portrayed in the, like, 50s, late 50s or whatever, versus yeah. the late 80s or late 70s. The thing about that gap from, like, today to, like, 20 to 30 years ago, it doesn't feel as far. There's something about that time period, like the 50s. I don't yeah. know how, how, how to say this correctly. It just feels like when you think about the same gap in time before, yeah. uh, fr- from now to 20 or 30 years ago, it just doesn't feel as much of a different world yeah. as it... As did, it did then, then yeah. which is just why, and I don't know if that's like a baby boomers like lens on that time right. period, yeah. or if it's just things were just that so they're different. really looking at it from through like rose colored glasses, right. sort of in that way. Yeah, I understand that. It's 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 not it's clumsily done for a whatever for an Oliver Stone movie. Like even the action sequences, he won best director for this, and it seems even the action sequences for me when they're in Vietnam, I was like, this looks clumsy like just the a overwrought yeah. a lot of the stuff but then b like just the camera movements for when he like gets paralyzed when he gets shot it yeah. just wasn't i was like where are like what's going on yeah it was hard to tell you don't get a good sense of it like when then later when he describes it he's like we were on a beach and there were these people and and i'm like oh okay that helps clarify what the hell i was looking <laughs> I at i guess because yeah because i was not i i didn't know there was no sense of place I just, I, I really, it took me, this movie took me the longest to watch. I like mm-hmm. would watch it. In oh, is like, it because it's two hours and 24 oh, minutes? Yeah. Oh yeah, that mostly because of that. Mostly because of that. And, and it probably took me closer to six hours because I watched <laughs> it for a little bit and then realized that I had zoned out and would have to go back. And then I, or, or I watched it and then I was like, I gotta fucking take a break. And then I would take a break and uh, it was... It's not good. Shout out, though, to a baby-faced Holly Marie Combs. Oh, yeah! Who kind of steals this movie in one scene. Yeah. Wasn't she incredible? She's the sister in the, when he goes and has to say... No, she's... That's Lily... Um, oh, no, no, that's Lily... That's Tom, Lily Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Taylor. Lily, Lily Taylor. Taylor. But um, Holly Marie Combs is the young girl in the in the pool hall, right. the bar... Right, That right. he's, like, dancing with. But, yes. you know, he, and she just kind of smiles, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you're a, you are a star. Yeah. yeah. I was, like, and, more and moved by also, why are you in that bar? You're 14 yeah, years old. Yeah, tiny baby girl. <laughs> Again, yeah. things were different then, guys. Yeah, it's true. Rose-colored glasses. 14-year-olds could be in a bar. This I just wanted was... Reese Witherspoon to walk in and be like, you're a baby in I... a bar. 
<laughs> I also feel good. That's very good. I also feel like this. I, one thing I was surprised by was how kind of brutal this movie was yeah. in certain senses. Like yeah. some Ooh, of it was of so stuff. overwrought. But yes, then like you're like okay melodrama, and then suddenly there's like colonics. You know, they're like having to. They're showing the reality of like being a paraplegic in a Vietnam vet hospital and. Yeah. The, 70s or whatever and then and so shit everywhere and vomit and yeah. then like broken legs poking through oh that, oh. that and, like, scene, and you're just like whoa whoa whoa, like, whoa 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 holy not fuck prepared. that leg was, <laughs> I was not prepared for uh-uh. that not at all I was nope. not no no nothing can prepare you from seeing a bone poke through somebody's shin mm-hmm. that was yeah insane. all the all the VA hospital stuff I think actually that's probably a more interesting movie and yeah. like it almost felt like at times watch. like that's no. the movie that Oliver Stone wanted to make yeah um yeah wouldn't uh, yeah that was rough stuff did you know there are three Baldwin brothers in this movie and no. none of them interact with each other excuse fascinating yeah yeah one of them I think there's one in it kind of early and there's one in Mexico, and then there's one at the end of the movie when Were he's like any going of to them speak. Daniel. Um, it's all of them but Alec. Okay. So I think it's Stephen, Billy, and Daniel. I want to sh- also uh, mention Frank Whaley, whose name I didn't know. Frank um, Whaley, check out the big brains on Brad. Frank Whaley. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, whose name I didn't know. Yeah. Um, also, like bears a slight resemblance to one Craig. I'm looking so at. So this is so interesting that you, you bring do that look up like him. because right? when we were when I was at NYU, at the Stone Street Film and Television Studios, the guy who was like one of the career teachers told me I looked and sounded exactly like Frank Whaley, and I should do a monologue from something Frank Whaley was in. So I found a monologue from... Um, I love that they told you to do... I love that they told us Swimming to with Sharks. Oh, where my he God. he plays, like, the... He's the guy who, like, takes Kevin Spacey, who's his boss, hostage. That movie is intense. And so I do this monologue, and then Robert Bella goes, yeah, not that Frank Whaley, though. Not that part. <laughs> I was like, well, what? Like, his three lines in Pulp Fiction are, like... I tried to look up something from Swing Kids, but I couldn't find any monologues. He's in Field of Dreams, he mm-hmm. and also he's a young Moonlight Grant. The Moonlight thing, Grant the thing besides Pulp Fiction that had the most influence on me, uh, a Frank Whaley um, picture. Which, by the way, I just want to say he's amazing, and I think in Born on the Fourth of July, I think he does he's a great really job. Great. Yeah, I think he's um, actually good. But Little Monsters, another movie that came out in 1989. Mm. Um, if no one's seen it, it I've shaped seen it, me. but it's been so long. It's, it's with oddest Fred movie. Savage. Fred Savage. Yeah, it's the oddest movie about a kid who mo- whose family moves into a new house, and there are monsters under his. Bed. In this world, I've there is a world of monsters. If you just go under your, they come out from under your bed. And he, the monster played by, um, oh Christ, um, what's uh, Bobby's World? Who created that show? Who's what's his Louis name? Louis Anderson. No, no, shit, no. no, no it's um, oh, he's on America's Got Talent now. Yes. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Oh yeah. Plays um, Maurice, uh, his like bed monster. Takes him down to the world with him, where there are all these other monsters. The movie simultaneously scared me, and I loved it. And it was—it's so weird. But Frank Whaley plays the big bad, uh, like one of the kind of like monsters down there, Ooh, and his name friend. is Boy. It's very strange, Creepy. but that's what I recognize him I from. I definitely so want to watch this movie. You now. must. Let's pause this recording. <laughs> so strange. We'll be, we'll back, be back in a few. But in, when we were on the plane, I was watching Born on the Fourth of July, and I paused it, and I was said to Allie, I was like, do you think I look like this person? And she goes, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so, but it's just funny that you bring it up, because... No, I see you know, it. Yeah. I see it. I see it. 
Um, I don't like it. I don't like this movie. I didn't like it. Um, I, I watched it all. I'd never seen it before. I think it is a bad movie. And I think it, <laughs> Tom Cruise is bad in it. And I can't believe it was, I mean, I get, you know, I, I keep saying I can't believe it was, shit gets nominated all the time. This is like, this is like in Oliver Stone's like big, like, Platoon won Best Picture in 86. What else This is nominated in 89, Wall Street's in between, and I don't know if the movie got, I can't remember if the movie got nominated, but Michael Douglas won Best Actor for it. So this was really like, when people were like, Oliver Stone is our greatest I don't know if I've director. ever seen one of his other films. And I'll have to, I have to say, before this conversation, I, I liked it more, and I liked his performance more. But now that we're talking about it, I'm just kind of in retrospect going, yeah, it was kind, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're going to watch, if you, I think instead of watching this movie, just watch the scene where he yells penis. Yeah. It's a great scene. Because that's very It's definitely got to be on YouTube. Yeah, for yeah. sure. There should be gifs of it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's a fun part. Yeah. That, that part I really liked. Yes. That, that, that might have Him been terrorizing his poor Catholic yeah. mother. Yeah. yeah. She does not like the word penis. <laughs> no. And the neighbors just hearing him scream yeah. about penises. Penis! <laughs> um, we should move on. Um, so let's move on. Let's carpe the diem. Oh, God. Let's move on to Dead Poets Society. I have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. My body is ready. Okay. Hmm. I watched this movie first because I was like, oh, my God, I love Dead Poets Society. I love it so much. I went to a private school... A boarding school in New England, Whoa. and it's very like this. And uh, there was like even like a place that my that we used to go out to and say that this was like it was sort of like sort of the Dead Poets Society. Oh my like, god! Whatever. Um, this is a bad movie. This is <laughs> wow. not good. It is it is very cheesy, and it was. I hate this podcast now because <laughs> watching this shit was. I told past guest Kelly Ewing. Because she was like, I love Dead Poets Society. And I was like, oh, I have terrible news for you. <laughs> it is not good. I, As I watched it, my dreams were crushed. I would be, I kept being like, well, that was kind of a cheesy bit. But like, I'm sh- like, it's still delightful. It's not, it's, it's not good. Robin Williams cannot help himself. R.I.P., R.I.P. But he just, his like voices bits and the whole thing... There is, like, there are clearly, like, a couple scenes that were, like, okay, so now we have Robin Williams we doing this part now, so we got to have him do John Wayne once, mm-hmm. um, which at least this movie takes place in, what, like, it's supposed to be, like, the early 60s or something like that, right? So yeah. I feel like at least for Robin Williams, like, his references, like, would make sense, sense. in this movie, whereas, like, if you go back and watch Aladdin, <laughs> you're, like, why, why is he doing John Wayne? Yeah, John Wayne. Yeah, John Wayne. Um, I will Johnny Carson. I will hot take here and say, first of all, I had never actually seen Dead Poet Society. Oh, okay. Didn't know what I was walking into yeah. at oh, all. Wow. Um, my husband came home to me sobbing on the couch <laughs> um, at just the wrong time. And, um, you know, I, I get the cheese factor. Well, I kind of came away from it thinking uh, that they held back on, they could have totally let him go further with the Robin Williams of it all. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like they held back. Um, and I was impressed by that. I was impressed by his performance. And I came away with it with a kind of feeling of like, this is such a balm for like toxic masculinity. Like it felt, I was really moved. There were certain po- parts of it that I was just kind of like, all the stuff where they brought the girls in the cave. I was like, ugh, I'm bored. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I was heart, <sighs> I was heartbroken for, for these boys, especially kind of the, the kid who wanted to be an actor with the, you know, the angry dad. And 
I, uh, it, it broke me a little bit and I, but I felt like, I felt like this, I came away from it thinking what a beautiful kind of moment where we've got this, um, teacher trying to show these boys that it's okay to care about something. It's okay to be, it's okay to be into poetry. It's okay to talk about your feelings and write them down. Um, and then open opening them up to a new experience. And then the, the like horror of that, like being the catalyst that gets this kid dead because he tries to be himself and like the strictures of like his parents and society and all of that and toxic masculinity, not to use that, not to be like as 2018 as I can possibly be, but, and I couldn't have used that phrase to describe it if I'd watched it five years ago, but I, I would have tried somehow. I don't know. I was like, if I was at this school, I would beat the shit out of these kids. These kids are fucking lame. (laughs) I will say. The way they interact with each other were like, are you coming to the thing? Poetry. I was like, you guys are fucking losers. I will say by the end of watching all these films, um, and this is me being a product of my time right now and, and like being quote unquote woke. I was just kind of like, besides driving this day, I was like, can we get a fucking movie that's not about fucking men trying to look like I was, yeah. I was getting a little bit irritated yeah. at like, yeah. oh good. All these stories we get <laughs> to hear all the complexities of the male experience and all these women are just fucking supporting them right. in their journey to find a fucking feeling. Yeah. I was feeling a little bit of that. Yeah. Also Josh Charles like, is really creepy in this movie and kisses that girl when she's asleep, which is yeah. But <laughs> yes, which that is was hard, a little was, bit listen, of a problem. I love Josh Charles. Yeah. He was like one of the first, he was like one of my first major crushes, probably from this movie. I get that. And he is so cute. And it, again, watching him be a creepster and being like, oh, if I can't have her, I'll die. Nobody speaks like that. Yeah. That was insane. Well, so yeah, I think I fall weird. a little in between on this movie in that I don't think it's bad. Um, particularly with some of the other stuff it's nominated against. I enjoyed it enough. Um, I did have some questions that, um, first of all, please. <laughs> how does Robin Williams get this job in the first place? There's a 0% chance that he would be hired as the English teacher at this school, right? Like, Well, he, gra- he went to that school. I know school. he yeah. went to that school, but like, there's got to be like some like... They don't have an yeah. inkling well, that place, he's going to be a rabble rouser yeah, before yeah. he signs on. That he's on. like different, like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't also, think he like, gets the listen, job. That they're they're so strict there. I was like, let's like guys, we can like take it down like a little bit. Like yeah. these are all like pretty good kids. Yeah, everyone that, seems like I mean, except for Nawanda's a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, but sure, like sure. the rest of these, but everybody guys, else is like constantly being screamed yeah. at for like really small things. Yeah. Do we? Like, here's here's another question. Do we think they would? continue trying to engage Ethan Hawke? I'm not sure they would. Like, this kid's a real, like, real no. inside himself. No. And I feel like at a certain point, they're like just they like, all right, man. Cool. Like, even Robert Sean Leonard, I feel like, would be like, okay, be you. Cool, cool. you do Like, you. I'm not going to bully you or anything, yeah. but, like, you don't want to hey, hang out with us. you so. have to yeah. join our poetry club? That's why I'm like, these kids are losers. Like, they're like, we got to recruit all the loser kids. Um, suicide feels, I get, like, high school emotions and stuff. Yeah. Feels like a huge jump. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I. I mean. I. 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 I hear you. Yeah. I. I bought it. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. In my I was head, like, yep. He had also been like molested and shit. And oh. That's why sh- he yeah. Did sure. It. Oh, okay. Something was broken about. That um. Kid. The other thing I'll say um is he's good in it, 
But that's a garbage production of a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he does, he does a good, good job in it. I don't and know I did he's like the lead. Like who Puck's hundred like, percent not the lead. He oh, would Puck not get his own bow. No. Like that's very much an ensemble show. Yeah. <laughs> like if anything, like usually I feel like Bottom gets the last bow yeah. in Midsummer. Bottom likes people like Bottom. Yeah. Um, or like at least I don't know Oberon or whatever anybody but I don't know yeah I mean Puck's up there like but it's like the Puck and the lovers and Bottom and also by the way and I also found it was crazy I was like with with his dad he was like the plays tomorrow you have to quit the plays tomorrow night at this point it's now it's just one night out of his life. Just yeah. let him do the let play. Let him do it. Yeah. Also, I, his dad seems to be all about responsibility, etc. Yeah. Why well, is it hurting his kid to leave everybody hanging? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make logical sense. No, it's I dad. Also didn't, it's I crazy. didn't really understand the geography of the area either because I thought like Josh Charles had to kind of like travel to go to this home and like mm. meet this girl, it's but then apparently like this school is close enough that the girl's going to go see the play. Yeah. And who are, is there a sister school they're doing the play with? Or is it like a community theater production? Right, because there's Unclear. girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody, nobody like addressed it was that. Like, I, he maybe said it was at like the high school, but then why is he is the private school kid? Why was he allowed to audition? Yeah. Some I, poor public school kid missed out. So I'm playing on Puck. Playing I'm playing Puck. Robin Goodfellow. Um, I just, I, I... The, the one thing I will say is when he kills himself, and I will say this, and the parents rush in, and she, the mom's like, he's okay, he's okay, he's Ooh. okay. That's killer. Very upsetting. Yes. And one of the most, and you don't see the body or anything, yeah. thank God, but that is truly, just the that's smoke a rising. Yeah. yeah. That's a haunting moment for sure. Yes. And I kind of bought it as just the, the, the idea of like when you're in high school, if you're if you're already a sensitive kid and you're predisposed to already in high school, you think that you're that like everything is much more important than it is. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's when you're learning things about yourself and when you, and you think like there was like one of the kids at some point says, my parents are going to kill me. And it's like, that's something that you can feel, especially if you have parents who are very strict Mm -hmm. and you really think that the world is going to end if you can't be who you need to be. And like with no one around to say like, this isn't the whole world. Like, uh, you know, it will. You can move beyond this. Then some Although people. Yeah, just great job, almost, John Keating. Although that <laughs> that uh, that kid is almost certainly gay, right? Probably. Oh yeah. Oh sure. I thought so. so yeah. And maybe it was not. That's get probably better. part the of it. The added too. layer of watching this and watching Robin Williams' character react to the news that the kid killed himself, with the layer of like. Robin Williams killing himself. Robin yeah. Williams yeah. killing himself. Yeah. Uh, was very much a strange experience watching the film. I also learned that this won the BAFTA for best film. Hmm. Just yeah. as an FYI. Yeah, that also should not. I mean, look, it it's it's cheesy. Like he like like Ethan Hawke writes like he writes down he, after the first class. He goes into his room and he writes down. He writes seize the day down <laughs> and underlines it. And, and then, then rips throw, up the piece of it. No, <laughs> can't allow someone to see this no, that I've written this down. That I wrote that I had to write down. Seize the day, 
I just think it's cheesy. And I was like, I thought I was going to be like really, I thought I was going to like love it like I did before. Yeah. It just goes to show you, I mean, you're just you primed and ready again. for, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you can. There are certain movies that like will just be what they are for me forever. But then sometimes, you know, you got what you needed mm-hmm. out of it at the, at time, the time. And now it's not, that's not that for you anymore. I think it's part of the reason why I did go to boarding school. And we all know how that turned out. It turned out so great. <laughs> I definitely carpeed all my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, here we are. Yeah. In we did it. Shitty apartment in <laughs> West Hollywood. It's a very, we like the apartment. It is it's a gorgeous. nice apartment. It's I, in the fact, it's the first thing I said. Yeah. That's how that's beautiful true. it that's was. True. Okay. Um, so speaking of male journeys um, from oh, earlier, another let's one? move on Ugh. to Field of Dreams. Okay. Um, I, I'm remembering now that this year is a crap year. <laughs> I'm um, worried, honestly, Craig. I'm worried about what to say about this because uh, you love baseball. Here's yeah. the thing. And oh, I don't oh. give two shits about any sport. Now, here's the thing. Now this, I want to hear from you. Yeah. Would you say this is a good baseball movie? I wouldn't say this is a good baseball movie in terms of like a movie about baseball. But I will say, as someone who loves baseball, that when... James Earl Jones gives his speech about baseball. I was fucking crying on the plane oh because God. I love baseball and it's James Earl Jones' voice. They'll come, Ray. People will come to when things were better, like when you couldn't like use water fountains. Here, That's a here's the good thing, point. Marshall. Like, we were talking about it. Yeah. He was like, I feel like that was not a part written for an African American. Right. They cast him. Yeah. Which I was like, I could totally again. see that. Um, we could own people again. Yeah. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Field of Dreams is definitely super schmaltzy, also. But yeah, very much. I don't know. I like it a lot. I Ugh. still. I hadn't watched this movie probably in full in twenty years. Yeah. Um, I thought but I had because, seen it as a child, but I had not. Yeah, because I love baseball so much. <laughs> I think that's why I love. I still really like this movie. Um, uh, I I cried twice, not at the end. Not that for, didn't get me. That's the only part that remotely. No, what like, what the other part? The other part that got me is when he goes and saves Gabby Hoffman, and uh, he turns into from Frank Whaley back into Burt Lancaster. Right, and he can't go back. Yeah. Um, that part got me. Here are the things um, that I wrote. Also, love seeing, you know, little Gabby Hoffman just thinking, God, we're going to see your bush so many times <laughs> 20 I years from now. I tolerate her <laughs> as an adult actor. I have a very hard time, and yeah. probably it's just her character on Girls, but yeah. I, I can't. I think she's pretty cute as a kid actor. Mm-hmm. She does a good job. Uh, okay, here's some of the things that I wrote. The voice is upsetting. It upsets me. I would not want him to come. Like, this movie is insane. The premise is insane. Why don't more people talk about how insane Completely this movie insane. is? Completely insane. Like, why would you not be like, there's a man in the yard and he might be a ghost? Right. And she's like, there's a man in the yard. Why wouldn't you be like, holy fuck. Everyone hide. Everyone Let's hide. call it a fucking exorcist. There's a, it, it, yeah. Either it's a murderer or it's a Amy ghost. Madigan goes along with this. Yeah. Let me tell you something. My husband By the bought, way, Amy Madigan is like... Manic pixie dream girl in this movie. Oh my like God. she's like the perfect sure. life. That's like, you oh, you're hearing you voices do. and now there's ghosts. Mm-hmm. Great. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, my husband bought a life-size Mega Man helmet and it was delivered to our house. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Is this a fucking joke? I lost my goddamn mind. I was like, where's this gonna go? Where's this gonna go in our house? We're just gonna have a fucking Mega Man helmet in our house? Right. I'm sorry, getting upset all over again. But my point is. <laughs> If he was, like, that's a fucking Mega Man helmet. Yeah. If he was like, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to trade in our cars. Take our life savings. Take our life savings. 
and and build a jalopy. And that's what we're going to have now. We're just I'm going I'm going to use all of our money to build this jalopy because a voice told me if I fucking build this jalopy then I don't fucking uh, my dad will my dad will come back and teach me how to drive the car and teach me how to di- <laughs> drive the car there we go yeah and also uh, Henry Ford will be there it's gonna yeah. be amazing I would be like well we're divorced <laughs> <laughs> I guess now what you're telling me I'm hearing is that you want a divorce because right. that's insane yeah that's crazy I don't understand why more people don't talk about that even I, the little girl's okay with it I wonder yeah. if I'd been I wonder if I'd been, seen if I'd seen this as I thought I did as a child. Or as a younger person, if I would have been like, oh, uh-huh. But as an adult person, I was like, it's a mortgage. You have to pay it. Um, I was yeah. very yeah. upset. You, you, guys are, you guys are a couple at Timothy Busfield. Yeah. I was very upset at that. <laughs> However, I will, one thing about Amy Madigan, uh, I, I kept thinking she's such a, I don't know what this trend was in the 90s of like the female lead being like a scrappy yeah. like yeah. kind of not and nothing wrong with that it's just like that was such a trend yeah. in yeah. late 80s 90s of like uh, I'm thinking Hard of um, lady. I just watched uh, I don't oh because my mom wanted me to oh lord I watched Always which I had never seen I don't think I've ever <laughs> oh, seen oh boy you'll oh, probably that. come to it I think <laughs> at some point maybe uh, Steven Spielberg it's okay. but Holly Holly Hunter I think is in that one anyway just the like girl who's like I'm a tomboy and I'm yeah. scrappy and I'm yeah. punching the air. That's very no, such a thing. It is very much like Amy Madigan is like, so it's like, oh, Holly Hunter said no, let's go to Amy Madigan. Yeah. <laughs> and if she says no, Lori Petty might be That's a little right. young for this. That's but, right. Yeah. We um, can get, <laughs> get her cheap. Yeah. That said, I think um, to be a little more generous, the, the idea of her going along with it, I do feel like if I were to explain that, I'd say, you know, the movie kind of. There's a magic. It's yeah. in the air, yeah. and then it gets into people, and they want to believe sure, in something. It's Iowa. Sure, I mean, who it's this heaven. No, it's Iowa. That yeah. while you're um, in Iowa. Of course, and and now while I wasn't really like chomping at the bit about the magic, I'm like, okay, I see why people. Okay, if you really want to believe in it, and it also didn't feel like a baseball movie to me as much yeah. as I thought it would. It felt right. more like a movie about a man's journey, yeah. another fucking man's journey. <laughs> um, I'm the angry lady today, <laughs> but. Um, I was watching it to the point I laughed out loud when Gabby Hoffman fell down because I was like, this is just, this couldn't get more ridiculous. Right. He's a bad dad. She get more ridiculous. She goes to call 911 and he goes, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. No, wait up. Wait and this is after the hey, brother-in-law. also call 911. Also call 911. Your child is dying. Yeah. You're already fucked up the farm. You've already, fu- although, let me tell you something. A baseball field is not that. If if that was gonna, if that area of corn was gonna make or break them, like you might have maybe that also make already sense. had a problem, yeah, right? But like, legitimately, your child is dying. Yeah. Like, let her call nine one one. Sure, sure. Uh, Frank Whaley, come fix this bitch. But also call nine one one. And they're letting the brother in law yell at them about how they're gonna lose everything in front of the child. Like, no adult is behaving properly in yeah. the movie. They are bad parents. That said. I was like, I'm watching this movie with no feeling whatsoever. Oh, James Earl Jones is fun to watch. Kevin Costner, I'm realizing now what a fantastic. I think he's such a great, has he such really a unique fills quality. He really Levi's pretty well. He does, <laughs> and he's such a natural. I could go. I could, I could feel like I could write a book. I actually yeah. fell in love with him. Yeah. I don't think I've seen much of his stuff. His butt. And his eighty-nine Kevin Costner's style with butt his by Catwell. <laughs> But I will say... Forward by Megan Murphy. <laughs> when when the catcher, I guess it's the moment he takes off the thing, yeah. the man, he stands up and turns around, and I realized that it was his dad. This, this is the cry <laughs> that came out of my body. I went... 
<laughs> it was one of those cries that I did not see coming. That is, and I said out loud, it's his dad. That is adorable. I, I felt like, I felt so silly because I realized like, I, that, and when he says, want to have a catch, I was like, well, this is it. You know? That now, is adorable. I wasn't on board for most of the movie, but for some reason, the dad stuff, I lost my damn Well, mind. finally, they got back together after Kevin Costner served him that sick burn, that last thing that he said to him, which is, <laughs> I could never respect a man who's, whose hero is a criminal. Yeah. Right? Oof. Sick burn! It is a pretty fucking devastating story that he tells about how he left when he was 17 and said that sick burn and then never came home until his dad's funeral. Like, that's a that's some dark shit yeah. to carry yeah. around. Again, I don't know. Oliver the, Shoeless Joe. Be, Oliver Young Ray Liotta. Those would be the worst yeah, thing. he was that, great. Yeah. I can't believe that that would just be the worst thing that, like, that's really what, that that is what kept you guys apart. Like, I have definitely said worse things to yeah. my Family. But the idea that he, he thought he, he like self. wanted to go back home but didn't know how, I feel like is really real. Like yeah. you say some oh, things yeah. you don't mean and then you don't know how to reapproach it. Um I like I'm being I'm being very I'm ragging on it a lot, but like I I've watched far worse movies <laughs> and I yeah. enjoy everyone in it was every I can't think of an actor in it who wasn't good, who wasn't pretty good. Maybe the brother in law was like, ugh. But like and it was also an interesting meditation on like I, that's probably giving it too much credit, but the, the kind of like generation gap in like the whole like '60s, the the spirit of the '60s, and the James Earl Jones character and how they grew up in the '60s and the book burning stuff was a yeah. weird sidetrack, but also like I don't know, I thought it was just kind of an yeah, interesting with, thing with a uh, poor woman's uh, Stockard Channing. It's not Stockard Channing, <laughs> not Stockard Channing. Let's call her not Stockard Channing. <laughs> Amy Madigan. No, no, no. The, no. One, the woman, the woman the, who, wa- who really wanted pornography. to burn, burn the book. Oh, yeah. yeah. She looked kind of not like Stockard Channing. Um, <laughs> she t- you know, you know the, the book, the book, the movie is based on, um, it is... Uh, it's called Shoeless Joe, isn't it? Yeah, and the it's it's not it's not uh, Thomas Mann, who's a fake writer. It's, yeah. what's his name? Catch from the Rye. It's J.D. Salinger. Salinger. Whoa. Why not just, I guess... They, they couldn't do it for the movie. Oh. But you can use Sho- Shoeless Joe Jackson? Yeah, because he was a real person. But yeah. Salinger's lawyers made it very clear that if he was used in the movie, they would not be happy. It's just so they weird that, a, like, some They basically people, made, like, a fake... I just think that's weird that some people in the movie are real. Yeah. And then some people are not real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's clumsily done. Yeah. I get it. I think that it's there odd. are some emotional... Like, it's very manipulative with, like, let's have a fucking catch... And then he bends over to pick up that. I like that part. The other, the I other like thing is, and this has been this that, has been said about this movie bit. kind of since it happened. But the guy who plays his dad <clears throat> clearly does not play bass. Like he can't really throw. Like if you watch it, like well, and, he never made it to the majors, Craig. Well, yeah, but he never should have made it past like t-ball because like he like his throw is <laughs> like savage. not the throw of a catcher in a yeah. minor league game. Like yeah. shots and fired. Kevin Costner is like legitimately like a really good athlete like he's been in like seven different baseball sure movies he because he's a really good athlete sure he is, so it also like shows up just because it's like oh he can properly throw a baseball and old noodle arm dad over here that's funny some idiot on uh, you know i'm not gonna say his name but i'll tell you off yeah off whatever it's somebody that you know uh-huh on facebook was like wrote like say your favorite uh, oh yeah i know who you're talking you about. know what i'm talking about yeah 
And first of all, his favorite hockey movie was that he listed was I, Tanya, which is... <laughs> what? Not a, not a hockey movie. So, like, that's not even right there. Totally fine. Whatever. Not, that's not even the best figure skating yeah. movie, but it's, uh, it's uh, which is the cutting edge. Yeah. But uh, he says this best baseball movie... I mean, all of those movies were... All the picks were terrible. But that Field, Field of Dreams was the best baseball movie. And I just feel like, I guess with a certain subset of a certain type of guy, mm-hmm. this is your favorite baseball movie if you have daddy issues. Yeah, <laughs> if you have issues sure. with your father, you are gonna love Like I said, I think it's the best baseball speech. After I visit all the stadiums, like I, re- I posted that James Earl Jones mm. speech because I think it's a great speech about like what baseball means to certain people. Is it better than there's no crying in baseball? Because that rings oh. more true. Right, but that's more like... There's a, no crying in baseball. But, yeah. like, but, there's that, no that, crying that's, but there's no crying in baseball. It's not really how people feel about baseball. That's how I feel about baseball. Yeah. There's uh-huh. no crying allowed. I, uh, um, my favorite, now I'm now it's it's hard. I feel like my favorite baseball movie is a tie between The Sandlot and A League of Their Own. Right, right. Mine is probably Both Major League, just over A League of Their Own. I haven't seen those movies in a very long time, the Major League films. Yeah. We did The Year of A League of Their Own, and I picked it. <sighs> I mean, it's a fucking perfect movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Better than Field of Dreams, uh, I would say. I think it's a better movie than Field of Dreams, I agree. Um, let's move on to our final nominee, uh, My Left Foot. Which I had never seen before. Uh-huh. Me neither. Guys, Dan Day-Lewis is good at what he does. Let me ask you this. Do you think he could play that part today? I mean, do you think they would let him play that I part I had today? that thought as, as well. As a person Are we that talking does not about- have... Right. Oh, interesting. Um, yes, 100%, thoughts. because... One of the, uh, I'll just say straight up, and then we can get them into the movie. I don't like this movie. Um, but I think one of the worst things this movie did is, Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing in this movie, but it made it every two years now we have a movie where some male actor plays someone that has a severe disability to try and win an Oscar. And a couple years ago it worked. Eddie Redmayne won for playing. Right. That's it's, why they, but, it's why the jokes in Tropic Thunder about yeah. it are so funny. Yeah. yeah. It's true. But like last year there was a movie that came out that no one other than me I think saw called Breathe that Andrew Garfield plays a guy who's struggling with polio that helped create the first like basically like wheelchair that had like an attached oxygen tank so they weren't just like living in an iron lung. Right. But it's the same thing where like his whole character after the first 15 minutes of the movie is like I can only move my head because I have polio and I'm totally like. Right. But every two years we get this movie and it's because, I mean, not that there haven't always been like the guy winning best actor for, you know, playing some sort of role. Like, and I feel like you even see it like obviously even born on the 4th of July, but I feel like it's a very specific thing with my left foot where it's like you almost barely can move like. And now it's become like a constant trend mm-hmm. where someone does that movie to try and win an Oscar. Yeah, right. Okay. And I don't think Daniel Day Lewis did this movie to try and win an Oscar. This, mo- but this must have been so I think uncomfortable. It, I think it started a trend. Yeah, a trend. Yeah. I don't even think this about must that. have been so physically. uncomfortable physically for him to be in, like, to just kind of like the ticks and yeah. the whole thing yes. and the facially. It must have been a nightmare. Um, and so he is well deserving of that Oscar. I really like this movie. I'm surprised that you didn't like it. I thought it was very I, good. I was emotionally affected when he couldn't like, ru- like he like knew like when the beginning when they thought that he was just like basically brain dead or right. whatever. And right. I don't. I think part of the reason I don't ground. like this movie is uh, I don't find much uh, likable about the character. Yes. Mm. 
Um, he's just, and I get it partially, but like, he's like an asshole to people that like are only trying to help him. Mm-hmm. And he never gets any sort of comeuppance for that. Like, I feel like he never has like a come to Jesus moment that where he's like, oh, like, Having like my mother and my an dad excuse. did all these things for me. Like my dad, like eventually accepted me. And then like, like my whole family's done all this stuff. And like, yeah. I feel like he never like accepts that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I so think I think that's part of the reason. Well, then the like Irish for you, <laughs> right? Any handicapped or drunks. Yeah. Yeah, I, the dad character really confused me. Yes. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, it's fine. I wasn't. I wasn't sure how I was supposed to feel about the dad. Like, it was just kind of. I'm like, oh, is he an abusive alcoholic who's right. really irresponsible and just gets himself fired even though he has like 12 kids to take care of? Or is are we supposed to like like him? Um, I, you know, I, I, I think I haven't seen Daniel Day Lewis in a ton of films. In fact. This might actually be the only film. Like I've, Oof. of course, know the like monolithic right. nature of his his reputation. I'm gonna suggest you you do some you do some catching up. Yeah, because he is. Um, he's good at his job. He's yeah, good at what he does. I mean, I yeah. thought he was really great in this. I I did I did wonder. You know, uh, this maybe this is terrible, but like it didn't feel terribly dynamic to me. I. Uh, yes, he's doing something really incredible. And once I got over the initial, like, um, sort of like, wa- I'm watching him, like, impersonate someone with, I know that's a really crass way of saying it, but, like, yeah. I was like, oh, God, I, how do I feel about this? Could so, could somebody do this today? Same thought you had. Yep. Got over that, and I was like, wow, he's really doing a great job with it. But I didn't feel like he had to do a, a lot besides yeah. just the in, the marathon endurance test of it like... It is an interesting movie. I wrote that it's an interesting movie, but not as inspiring as you might imagine. I thought I would be a little bit more inspired. Yeah. And instead, I was just like, wow, that is very interesting and right. fascinating that he was able to do all that he was with literally just his left foot. Right. right. And how the... It's a good kind of like snapshot of how the world kind of has to come around on people with disabilities. And like, I cried uh, when, when as a kid, you're right, when everybody just thinks he can't understand anybody, mm-hmm. they think he's stupid. And then he writes mother. And yes. I was like, oh, I, know. I lost my shit. And, and what's she's her, so good. She's de- 100% deserved. She's, she won the oh, Oscar. Yeah. She, she won, won Best Supporting Actress. Cool. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, I she's loved great. her so much. Yeah. She was wonderful. Loved her. But I felt like uh, it, it was such an interesting kind of like view of how people how people learned that people with cerebral palsy uh had a whole world going on in their minds and just because someone has a physical disability doesn't mean they have to Mm -hmm. be limited in certain respects and like that's kind of a that's definitely a beautiful story but yes it wasn't a cookie cutter like this is a 100 percent soaring um uh in some ways that makes it more interesting that it's not uh it's not just purely an inspirational because by the end he's like kind of he's got a drinking problem And he's bullying this he's woman into just going out as with him. Yeah. As the right. rest of us. Yeah. Yes. Which is probably maybe Which is, a good yeah, thing. I liked it. That's part of the reason why I know you say he's not super likable and I agree with you, but that's kind of the reason why I liked it. It I rung totally more get that. true to me than Oh sure, yeah. Like, and say, I get like, all Tom that. Cruise. It's just the movie's just not interesting to me. Like yeah. I just don't I don't care. It does just end. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is the it was I was like, and we'll talk about this with the next one too, where I was like, and it's over now? Like what it like right. it, this movie and Driving Miss Daisy for me were just like, it was weird how they they literally just ended. I was, right. yeah. I was surprised at the ending, but I like that this movie wasn't very long. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Mrs. David, Mrs. Dragon Mrs. David. I'm glad I've seen My Left Foot because I'd heard the title forever. And I feel like I know it was the title of the book. And this is, I don't know if we said, about a real person. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, I feel like they, there could have been a better title for this because it's not like... It's not like the, the my left foot, like his left foot, was thematically a thing. Yeah, it opens on a shot think, of his left foot. I think it's um, very. I think it's. I hit things off. They right. should have really bookended it with another shot. With of another his shot left of his left foot, foot. <laughs> or maybe his right foot, and be like, yeah. oh, he's like a whole person now. Yeah. I really, I like the title. I think it is because before, I, again, I'd never seen this movie before, and I'm not embarrassed to say I had no idea what it was about. Me neither. So when I was like, oh fuck, it's about literally the one part of his body that he it's t- titled after the one part of his body he can have control over I yeah that yeah into that. i mean what i wrote down is it's really sort of for me it's nothing but a movie built around two really good performances like i don't care about the story like i'm impressed by daniel day lewis's performance and i think brenda fricker is great she's yeah. incredible she's so great. she i knew her primarily from so i married an axe murderer oh yeah and also ha- great having that be my frame of reference for her being incredibly funny and a good actor yeah. to see her in a pow- what i determined to be a powerhouse like right. performance so sympathetic and wonderful and, and heart-wrenching i was like fuck she's incredible yeah and then when i found out she won i was like hell yeah good yeah. for yeah. her she's awesome. um i will say that uh and obviously this would be like the worst thing to have to cast ever i think like young christy brown is bad like the yeah. kid is like the kid's not really yeah. bad but like also i don't, I don't know like, how you would do what that. What a disaster to be the casting agent. Yeah. They're like, okay, so yeah, and then we just need this one other role. Uh, we're actually going to do the first 20 minutes of the movie where he's a child. So Ugh. you need to cast a six-year-old that can pretend like he has cerebral palsy. And Haley Joel Osment like, probably wasn't even born yet. No. Yeah. Nope, wasn't even born. They were around. like, we want to use this kid, but he yeah. hasn't been born yet. Yeah. Fred Savage wasn't available, I guess. Mm. <laughs> wow. Mm. Or Ben. It probably wouldn't even been. Ben. Fred oh, would have been ben. too old, I bet. That curly um, mop of hair, though, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Anything else about my left foot? No, I, I, no, I enjoyed it. Okay, let's move on to the winner of the Academy Award. Driving, Driving Miss Daisy. Squeedle-dee-dee-dee. <laughs> I think about the holiday <laughs> with Jack Black singing this yeah. theme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think about it all the Squeedle. time. That was it. Squeedle-dee-dee-dee. I definitely saw this as a kid. My mom loved this movie. Sure. And, but I hadn't seen it in years. Yeah. So it was such a delight to revisit it. Um, but yeah, that theme, I was like, oh my God. Also, can we talk about the fact that Hans Zimmer, like... What a, what an insanely, like, um, uh, what word am I looking for? Like, um, I can't find it. But th- he did the score to this film. Yeah, varied. Uh-huh. And, like, think about this theme. And then, like, the music of Blade Runner 2049. Sure. It's sure. like, what? Yeah, yeah. crazy. What? One was squeedle eat and do, and one was just... <laughs> Yeah, just like insane, distorted noise. It was a very loud movie. I love it so much. Um, I wrote down, can't really build a case for why this won a Best Picture Oscar. No, agreed. And I don't even think it's a bad movie. I enjoyed it. But I I enjoyed it. I can't imagine a world that this movie comes out now where it's not... Jane Fonda in a straight to Netflix film. <laughs> I was 100%. very surprised that it won when I when I ended up looking. I was like, yeah. okay, I I fully expected it to be um, born on the Fourth of July, it's just like because a, of the how big yeah. it was. Yeah. Not that I thought it necessarily right. deserved, no, for but sure. I was like, more more big things, yeah. explosions, yeah. Yeah. bones come poop. Yeah. I was like, yeah. well, this has to. And then I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Driving Miss Daisy is basically like a less funny book club. 
because I haven't seen Book Club yet, but I have plans to. I definitely to, and I will. I imagine it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freeman's character seems problematic now, looking yes. back. Yeah. Um, oh, all the, like, it felt very, like, I had the same, yeah. like, a little caricature-y. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, also, I'm sorry. it's like. You're talking about the, uh, in light of recent events. <laughs> well, well, that too. Or the character watch, itself. Yeah. I well, did write down, is there anybody that's as charming as Morgan Freeman? And then, yeah. um, like well, the next I mean, I think it's okay like, to hold those feelings. Well, here's the thing: what's really hard about watching this movie is like knowing, like he, like he showed Jessica Tandy his dick. <laughs> is that true? No. <laughs> I mean, it could be true. It could. And be then true. Hume Cronin beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. Here's um, the issue that, oh, you go ahead and I'll tell you the, the problem I have with this movie. Yeah, it just, I mean, everything just feels very like, I mean, it's it's like, it's almost like minstrel cycle, like mm-hmm. um, chitlin circuit, like performance. And he was also like not old when he did this movie. Like right. they aged him up for the movie, she which is was. weird. Look, Oh yeah. yeah Looking back, like 80. it's like really uh, strange, but like, yeah. Yeah, here's my issue with that, this movie. <clears throat> I I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Like yeah, I yeah. had never seen it before, honestly. And I w- honestly, guys, I'd never <laughs> seen it before. And Don't you fucking I, lie to us I about this. <laughs> I can't. I cannot tell a lie. tell a lie. Had not seen Driving Miss Daisy. So I thank you. So I enjoyed the. I enjoyed watching it, and then. It ended, and I was livid because you're taking me on this journey, and in in the end, I was like, what am I supposed to take from this? She never made amends for not taking, like, in another, I, and I know this is cheesy, but in a better movie, she should have taken him to the Martin Luther King. Oh, I'll never get over that. Yeah. And, and, and so at the end, when she's in the home, and I'm supposed to kind of feel bad for her and like, and really invest in this relationship... I don't feel invested because she never made amends. Yeah. It was never, there was never that wall between them never really did come down. And so because of that, I, and then it just ended like, here's your pudding, Miss Daisy. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't know why. Like in the same way that you're like, I'm not interested in the story of my yeah. foot. I was like, uh, this one was even more for me. Like, well, this was a fine way to spend an hour. It was like an hour and a half. It wasn't yeah. that long, which is great. But I was like, I don't know why we did that. And that ruined it for me. Yeah. If she had relented, if she had gotten past her fucking pride Mm -hmm. and said, you know, because honestly, I didn't remember that part of the movie from watching it as a kid. And when I was watching it this time, I thought as they were headed to the event, I thought, here's the moment where she's going to say, park the car, come on inside with me, Hulk. We're going to, and they would sit together and that would be the moment where she really learned to transcend all her shit, where she's like, I'm not prejudiced a day in my life. Well, obviously, yes, you are. And I have no problem with that being true, but also her knowing what it's like to be prejudiced against, and then they learn from each other, and it's a whole thing. But the fact that she doesn't take him inside, I'm like, she didn't, she didn't learn. Yeah. I don't, and so now I don't, and so now I'm like, well, what the, what the fuck was the point? Yeah. Like, it's not like, I don't think she learned anything. And I, and, you know, whatever. She reminded me a lot of my grandmother, the way she kept being like, we're not rich. We're not rich. And it's like, well, yeah. you know. Girl. I had to work real hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my, my grandmother. Oh, that was the on, worst thing you could say to my grandmother. Was sorry, like, real quick oh, on the, the well. we're, not, we're not rich. I wanted to say this earlier because we get that a lot in Dead Poet Society about how Robert Sean Leonard's like not from a rich family. Oh, yeah. But their house is still big enough that he can shoot himself mm-hmm. in it 
And the dad walks up like, did you someone st- step on a branch or something? <laughs> yeah, he, he shoots himself in his dad's giant office <laughs> yeah. full of books yeah. that's like yes, a what? wing away. That's like, that's like like in the sub-basement. Yes. yes. We're sending you to wherever. You're rich. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm, I, was, I was bummed by the ending and it soured the experience yeah. for me. Yeah. That said, I cried like a bitch <laughs> at the end of this movie. Um, I couldn't help it. This feels this, this win <laughs> feels very start. much like I mean we just talked about this a couple episodes ago like um, very much again like Hollywood being like we understand race yeah like we just talked we did Crash a couple times ago it's like we get we get it this one I think is actually more glaring feels more real at least well but this fe- this feels more glaring as a win because this is the same year and I think there's like levels of it that both glory and do the right thing come out. So the fact that this is like Hollywood being like, we get race, so we're going to let Driving Miss Daisy win when, like, do the right thing, like, got nominated for, like, screenplay, and, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, feels very, like, Hollywood. Right. Like... That Hollywood you're is trying, Miss Daisy saying, yeah. I'm not, I haven't been yeah. prejudiced a day in my life. Yeah. It's like, Ugh. yeah, and it's so interesting to see that in retrospect because I know, I know, I know that I viewed this movie very much through that lens of like, oof, his, my first thought with him, because I think the first thing you see Morgan Freeman doing is going, hoo, hoo. Yeah. Like he's got this yeah. laugh and yeah. it's like very over the top. And, and I was like, oh, I feel like, I feel a little weird about this. And then I was like, I have to let that go just to watch the movie. And there is something about your sort of time traveling. You have to try to put yourself in the place of an audience watching this at that time and feeling very self-congratulatory for like how Mm -hmm. progressive this movie is and how it shows how far we've come and how we are not that anymore. When we know even today, almost 20 to almost 30 years later, like, no, we know even now we're not. You know, crazier. Right to Wait, me. are you saying that that are people saying are still racist people now? Are still racist? I know. Isn't I, I think I'm saying that. racism? No. But Crash won Best like Picture, and uh, we elected Barack Obama president yeah, of the United States. Yeah, I think we're past. <laughs> we live in a post-racial <laughs> yes, society, okay? Yeah. You guys, um, I think we can all say that. Maybe even crazier than this movie winning Best Picture is that Dan Aykroyd is the third lead in a Best Picture winning film. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but you I know, he was pretty he's good. He's good in it. I didn't hate He him. does a good oh, job in it. He was good. And his, his accent was better than it had any right to be, yeah. considering how intensely, like, shook How much do you think they spent on his wigs? Was great. Yeah. yeah. How much yeah, do you think I spent on his wigs throughout the years, having to just keep pulling back the hairline further? That was further. half the budget, and then the other half was like Patty Lapone's like jacket, like amazing, like fluorine. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that was such a fun, like what a delightful addition. Well, we're to out of that coconut. Bonkers so. character. <laughs> I just, if you had written it down. Yeah. You tell me how we're she gonna do this, feed thirty people ambrosia without coconut. I'm tired of worrying about it. Story ambrosia. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Feels very the very, nectar of very the gods. Southern. Um, so it that's does. driving Miss Daisy. Um, so before we get on to some of the other movies from the year that maybe we wish had been in the picture, let's rank them. Cat, mm. you're our guest from five to one. Ooh. Rank your movies. But how do you? So okay, I promise I'm not going to take a long time to do this, but. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about like what you think is the best? Yeah. I would say like if you were an Oscar voter right now, uh-huh. looking back, what order would you put the movies in? Oof. Kind Oof. of a mix of like, and you think about like things. It that, can like, be like his personal preference and, and like. And also like, yeah, personal preference and like 
you know, was it revolutionary or like what yeah. was the best made movie? Yeah. Right. Um, oof. All right. Uh, I'm just going to go five. Um, my left foot mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite. I'm going to go four. Uh, Field of Dreams. I'm going to go three Dead Poets Society. What do we have left? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Three, I'm going to go with um, fucking Born on the Fourth of July. Yep. Two is Dead Poets Society, and one is going to be Driving Miss Daisy. I definitely enjoyed that one more than the rest. I'm not saying it's like... I felt like it just, for some reason, felt like more of a, a good film. Yeah. In certain respects that are, I guess are important to me aesthetically and sure. or emotionally. And so yeah. that's, I, I can't think about it more. That's, yeah. I'm going to stop there. Ooh, we are going to have some wildly different <sighs> Yeah, lists. That was difficult. Yeah. Five is born on the 4th of July for me. Yeah. Four. Three and four are real close, real interchangeable. And I think four is going to be Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. So mm-hmm. sorry. Three's Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Two is Driving Miss Daisy, and one is My Left Foot. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Five for me is also My Left Foot. Wow, that's that's never happened before, <laughs> I think, where my one has been your five. Yeah. Four is Born on the Fourth of July. Three is Driving Miss Daisy. Two is Dead Poet Society. And one for me of these nominees is Field of Dreams. All right. That being said... And we can get into the other movies we watched. Uh, I'll just say that, and then we can talk about them in a second. But the three other movies I watched, I would pick as best picture over any of the Me movies too. nominated. Yeah. So the, these um, were not. This was. They were bad nominees. Yeah. They were. They cool. weren't good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cat, was there another movie you wanted to talk about from this year? In no, particular? I I got in the five, but I didn't go beyond that. Okay. That said, I did I did spend a little time looking through what yeah. what else was nominated. Um, and there were some delightful surprises and some disappointment. Like I saw do the right thing, like buried in, yeah. you know, whatever. And I was just like, Oh God, that was this year. And yeah. it didn't get more than, and then I, then I was like, Oh, why am I surprised? Right. Um, but I mean, I've seen that movie. I've seen glory. I remember enjoying glory quite a bit. I yeah. think it was very good. Um, but what else? Yeah, please. I'm sure yeah. you guys can speak more. So too. I'll, t- I'll talk first because I think, okay. So this is the thing about this year. Um, that I that I sort of want to focus on because I have been ringing, I have been championing, I've been ringing the bell for uh, as a comedic actress that uh, I am. <clears throat> I think comedies don't get their due. Mm-hmm. I feel that My way about comedy and horror. Hurts from screaming about Blade Runner. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. I well, I feel very, I feel very strongly that I'd like. I'm sure, and I, I don't see a lot of horror movies because I am a pussy. But um, I, I see a lot of comedies, obviously, and this was a great year for comedies. So just to touch on, uh, I took a visit back to 1989 and rewatched bits and pieces of Uncle Buck. Oh. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's, which mm-hmm. I know is, is, is just still fun. Best picture oh, yeah. winner, Weekend at Bernie's. That's a great movie. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which that's is a great. stellar fucking And then movie. two movies that I, well, and then uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is the best. My favorite Christmas movie movies. of all time. It is the best Christmas movie of all time. Yeah. It's so good. It's awesome. That's an objective fact. Yeah. Two movies <laughs> that I think I watched all the way through that I was like, both of these movies are great and are should be in the best. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You, should be in the best picture race. Yeah. Is say anything, 
which is a beautiful movie and so good and funny and sweet and great. Yes. Um, and I enjoyed it so much more than any of the five. And then the movie that then a movie that I think is a game changer. And that's a, another thing that we talk about with a lot of these these that every time we go back is like, well, what was like, for example, like I was like, I'm a huge Pulp Fiction fan because it kind of like changed the game. It oh, yeah. was groundbreaking. It changed what I thought movies could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the gold standard of the romantic comedy mm-hmm. came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. And that is When Harry Met Sally. Oh. It's amazing. Was it nominated for anything? Mm, I don't Maybe screenplay or something like that. And I did not see that movie until my husband has shown me like, uh, several and I'm a romantic comedy fan, but somehow I missed When Harry Met Sally. Somehow I missed Tootsie, Working Girl. Tootsie's a little different. Um, but uh, I didn't see When Harry Met Sally until about three or four years ago, and now I watch it mm, at least two or three oh, times a year. It's I, it's, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's perfect in every way. It's very it's heartwarming. It's beautiful. It says something a it, lot. It lot. was nominated for best original screenplay. Best original screenplay. Good. It's funny. It's like legitimately even now. It's, yeah. it's another thing too that when you look back at a movie from whatever thirty years ago. Yeah. And it's really It's timeless. It's timeless. And so um, that, for me, should have been in the best picture race. Mm -hmm. I think, again, it's... And it also really set the standard for, uh, I think, for, like, the modern romantic comedy. Oh, the whole idea about men and women, can we be friends? Like, Mm -hmm. that shit is common. Like, that is part of the zeitgeist now. But there was a moment when it wasn't. No, 100%. And and because of Nora Ephron and because of Harry Connick Jr., Oh. And I love the soundtrack, and I love that Carrie Fisher is in it. Yes, and um, oh, I'll never want that wagon wheel coffee table. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun watching the, those characters talk about relationships. Yeah, it it's is. such a playful movie that also mm-hmm. just is so authentic. Like yeah. it's, I couldn't believe how how uh, modern it felt. Yeah, I love that it's New York it. at a certain time and place. I also really love that. I love the interstitials where they're interviewing the, oh, the couples. The couples. Yeah. It's such a fun, that's such a fun way to frame it. Yes. Yeah. At the end when it's the two of them. I just think it's an amazing movie and I love it and I, I watch it often it's myself. It's so great. But going back to kind of rewatch it for this is I was like, especially after I, I think I had like watched, I'd watched like, like, uh, Dead Poet Society, and then this. And then you like, just got really angry. This is a better. <laughs> it's better. It, this is a better movie. Like, yeah. I, 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 there's no, and it's, and it's. I think it's saying something more than you know, like Carpe D. Like, yeah. I, I think that message is so shoehorned. Well, and I think that the interesting thing about when Harry and Sally is like, I think romantic comedies seemingly to most people like seem like a like kind of staple of movies, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't. I would say when Harry and Sally's probably was the best romantic comedy since The Apartment, which yeah. was like 30 years before. Yes. So, yeah, 30 years before. Yeah. I mean... And even now, it's tricky to do because yeah. either they're... Either it's a... Con- like, even like... I mean, like, even e- e- movies are either straight, like, comedies... Yeah. Or they're romance. Right. There's It's very hard to marry the two. Yes. And this does it amazingly. It yeah. actually is really funny and it actually is really romantic. Yeah. And that's a rare, rare thing. I feel like I have to go watch that movie again. Oh, it's enjoy. been a couple months. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I rewatched When Harry Met Sally. Um, the other two I rewatched were Glory and Do the Right Thing. So Glory is, I think, a super interesting story. It prob- I mean, 
the way in for glory is they're using the letters that of Matthew Broderick, the character he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a more interesting story if it's actually like focused from like Morgan Freeman yeah. or Denzel Washington's Washington. point of view instead. It's a Civil War film, right? Yes. Yeah. It's about the first like company of black, black soldiers That's basically right. that fought for the Union. Um, Denzel Washington won his first Oscar for supporting role for this movie and like there's a scene where they flog him for deserting that like very much is like his Oscar scene, but at the same time it's like, yeah, yeah, that's why sure. yeah, he should win an Oscar for sure. that. He's amazing at it. Sure. Um, the other thing I wrote down because we talked about Driving Miss Daisy and because this is like, is that Morgan Freeman feels like a more real person in this movie than in Driving Miss Daisy, which is like a hundred years earlier. Mm-hmm. So like if ever, like, and there are like, there's like the character with the stutter that's a little bit more like almost caricature mm-hmm. in this, um, but how long? It's story? good. Is it a, long it's a little over two hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there's do the right thing, and do the right thing. When I rewatched it, and I hadn't seen it, I don't. I'd watched it once before, but it's I don't been a remember long time when. It's been a long time for me yeah. too. But the first, it's oh, it's also like it's like an hour, two hours maybe exactly. And the first, like, hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes is kind of, like, meandering. Like, you're seeing different parts of the neighborhood, and some parts I liked, and some parts I didn't. And then, like, the last half hour of the movie is, like, incendiary. Yeah. Um, But then, like, looking back at the movie, like, a couple days, like, after I watched it, like, I appreciated, like, all the other stuff so much more. Mm Because I was, like, I mean, he really is just, like, putting together, like, what a regular day in Brooklyn this was. Until everything snapped mm-hmm. and like all this happens, and the other thing I appreciate it appreciate about it, um, particularly from like a little bit how I feel like Spike Lee's maybe become a little bit more is in this movie. There's no like everyone's sort of to blame. Yeah. Like John Turturro character is kind of just like straight up like kind of a racist dick. Yeah, dick. But like even like the police officer that shoots like. Radio Rahim, like you see him earlier in the movie, and like he's just like, like busting, like busting the balls of like the Italian guy who gets like sprayed by a water hose, like or by a fire hydrant, stuff like that. He's just doing his like everybody in the movie like makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. Like, bug Giancarlo Esposito who plays bugging out is also kind of like, well, you're like, what are you doing? Like, you're clearly inciting all this, Um, but like everyone like has like a redeemable thing to them. It's not just like. I feel like looking back on it without watching it in my head, I was just thinking that, you know, Sal's a fucking asshole. It's yeah. like, no, he's not. No. He's a pretty good guy. That... Those are always the best movies, the ones yeah. that are more ambiguous like that. Yeah. Of like, they're, it's not, because that's the way the world is. The world yeah. is not black and right, white. Yeah. yeah. Nobody is all bad or all good. Yeah. I think Spike Lee does a good job of that. He's such a, I don't want to say polarizing director because I don't think it's, I think some stuff of his is really good and yeah. some is unwatchable. It's right. A, it's, it's a strange yeah. dichotomy. Yeah. Um, uh, may I? Please. I just realized that I'm bitching. I was bitching about male-centric films, and um, I think this is a good opportunity for me to put in, uh, put, put in a f- film that I realized came out in 1989 that has shaped me in many ways, Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. Now, Julie Roberts got a nomination mm-hmm. for this, and um, I think... Drink your juice! Drink your juice, Shelby. Drink your juice! Um, I, I, I have seen that movie at least 25 times. Yeah. I've watched it a lot. 
And, you know, people will talk about Sally Fields screaming and crying and right. laughing and in, in the, in the seminary. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, half the people in Chinkapin Parish should take, give the eye teeth to take a whack of weasel. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. <laughs> um, but I, I think the, all the women in this film, Dolly Parton included, yeah. um, are wonderful in every moment. Olympia Dukakis, mm-hmm. um, um, you just said the apartment, uh, Shirley MacLaine. Um, it, it is such a wonderful movie about female friendship mm-hmm. and the love of females, and the mm-hmm. men are peripheral mm-hmm. in this movie, yeah. um, and still manage to be really wonderful characters. Tom Skerritt, um, Sam Shepard. It is truly a wonderful movie made more wonderful by the fact that it is about a real person. Um, the woman it, that Julia Roberts' character was based on died, mm-hmm. and her brother wrote this play about her, and it became this movie, you know, this big Hollywood movie. Um, and I, I just think it's it's kind of, um, I think a lot of people reference it as a, like a sappy drama, but it is a really well-acted ensemble piece that I don't think gets mm-hmm. enough yeah, credit. Yeah, agree. So, also, I'm always yeah. saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit, come by, sit me. by me. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's endlessly quotable. Yeah. It is an endlessly quotable yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, oh, yeah, Daryl Hannah. Like, come on. It is just crazy good. It was a it's funny, so it's a fun. funny thing because 1989 was actually a good year for movies. A lot of my, like, some of my favorite movies came out that year. Yeah. It's just not these, maybe uh, not the, or I guess they're not the type of movie that would uh, be nominated for I wrote Best Picture right. the Oscars. A short li- The Little Mermaid, which, of course, won Best Song um, yeah, under the probably. sea. Yeah. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you right. mentioned. Uh, Pet Cemetery, which I love, which, you know, I, it's not excellent, <laughs> but it's great. Uh, Teen Witch, which I think shaped many mm. of us. Um, not saying it's a great film, <laughs> but these are just, these are yeah. tons of movies. Top that. And it's probably, and it's probably because like this is just when I was a young person, right. and so. It, but Ghostbusters two, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Look who's talking. Back sure. to the Future Part two, Christmas Vacation, Little Monsters. Like yeah. so many movies, and part of it is probably because when they came out, they then came out on VHS because VHS was such a huge th- video right. stores, mm-hmm. and so I would rent these films and watch them over and over again, so they mean something to me. But some of them are are really amazing films, and yeah. it is yeah. interesting to see what was there to choose from and yeah. what became yeah nominated. It's interesting looking back, particularly at some of these years, like thinking like, well, if they had done like 10 movies or like, you know, up to more between five and 10 movies like they do now, like what else maybe gets in there now? There like, might have been some interesting yeah, stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so having talked <laughs> about like all these... Two would make that cut. No, it now, would not. Talking about... All of these movies from 1989, if you could choose one film that you'd say should we should win Best Picture, Cat. Well, having not seen all of them that freshly, um, I have to be first. Uh, <laughs> the perils of being the guest. Yeah. So sorry. I know. No, it's fine. So it's sorry. fine. Um, I, I would say if... if um, as much as I love Steel Magnolias and as much as I love When Harry Met Sally, which I think should be way up there, and I couldn't agree more, and I did not realize it was from this year, and it absolutely should have been a Best Picture nominee. Um, I'm going to say, from what I remember about Do the Right Thing, I'm going to go with Do the Right Thing. Just because when you watch a movie, like it's so electric and was so different yeah. and groundbreaking mm-hmm. from anything else that was on the table there. Yeah. I mean, we've seen those other movies in various... We've seen those types of films. Right. But this is like a different 
it's almost like a different thing than a than just a movie. Yeah. Like it's this event. It's yeah. this crazy thing. I remember it's been a long time, but I remember watching it for the first time probably in high school and just being like, What am I watching? Like yeah. I just couldn't believe it. So Has I'm Spike gonna Lee do ever that. Won, uh, best- Best director? He's never been nominated for best director. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say do the right thing as well. I think do the right thing probably should have won. Yeah. I think a lot of the movies that we talked about should have been nominated above yeah. a lot of these things, but do the right thing. I'm also saying do the right thing with when Harry Mestalli as second place. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Oh, two wow. films. We, we have it. we have crowned. we agreed on everything but the order of the nominees. Yeah. I will say that uh, Megan and I have now crowned two Spike Lee movies, the best movies of the year, and he's never been nominated. Really? Oh, yeah, Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, before we have you plug your stuff, Kat, uh, one thing we like to ask people before we end the pod is, do you have a favorite movie from 2018 currently, this year? I haven't seen a ton of movies this year. Um, What's come out this year? Solo. (laughs) Solo came out this year. Um, a Star Wars film. I'm trying to think of anything. Quiet Place. That made a Tully. huge. Oh, Quiet Place. Um, Lick Pinta. You know what? I the the most interesting thing that I've seen mm-hmm. that has made the most impact on me that's been like very different. Ooh, I hope uh, it's club. Disobedience. Oh. oh, I do really cool. want to see that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'm. I mean, it's not a big story yeah. it's yeah. a small story but i really enjoyed it i and really want to see that not movie. just for all the sex i was gonna say yeah. you get some good boobs right <sighs> yeah a lot uh, of spitting uh, in mouths too that's spoiler alert <laughs> um gross yeah well but when you see, see it i enjoyed it yeah <laughs> i really want to see that movie that's tops on my list right now that one in the ethan hawk one where he's playing mm-hmm. oh yeah First yeah reformed. yeah i want to see that yeah. uh my favorite movie still isle of dogs Closely followed by uh, Paddington 2. I also saw Solo and it was not... Hey, Alden Ehrenreich, turns out, he's no Harrison Ford. Mm. Um, Mine's still Tully for right now, um, followed very closely by uh, Quiet Place and Paddington 2. I loved it quite But the only movie I've seen because I was in Italy was Deadpool 2, which I saw this morning, and it's not the best picture of the year. And new shit. Um, yeah. Uh, Kat, before we go, would you like to plug anything? Oh, sure. Um, I, I co-host a horror movie podcast called Boys and Ghouls. Um, but if you're not a horror listener, which a lot of... Or if you're not a horror listener, I'm so <laughs> drunk um, on coffee. Uh, if you're not a horror fan, we don't just... It's not us just um, giving lists of horror movies. We talk about horror um, as it's as it's placed culturally. Um, it's very fun. Um, it's clip heavy, so you'll hear a lot of fun stuff. Um, for to give you a taste of like the type of thing we do, we did an episode early on um, about vampire brothel movies, of which oh. there are a few. So we we talked about Bordello of Blood, um, Vamp, mm-hmm. which stars Grace Jones as the lead vampire of a like vampire lair, and um, uh, from Dustal Dawn. Dawn. Um, so we'll like compare and contrast. Um, we did an episode about movies set in or around school, um, and so you know a lot of stuff Teaching gets Mrs. woven Tingle. in, <laughs> right? Hmm. Um, um, but, that sounds uh, horrible. It, thank you. <laughs> you see what I did that there? was yes. really punny. Yeah. Um, and then I I'm also, yeah. I also yeah. host, um, co-host with Alec, my husband, uh, a Sex and the City rewatch podcast Ooh. called Carry On. Ooh, um, I love that. 
we uh, we are up through season f- so good into season four right now. Mm. So we watch an episode and then we talk about it. So if you have never watched the show or if you've seen it a million times, it's a really fun companion piece. Watch an episode. Listen if you to never watched the stuff. show, what the fuck are you doing you'd, with your you'd life? You'd be interested. There are several people who've come on our podcast who've never seen an episode, which is fun to get their perspective, especially because... You can get so locked into like your feeling about it, whether it's a movie or a TV show, that you need someone to come in from the outside and be like, "Yeah, I didn't feel this at all," and Ugh. you're like, "Oh, um, so that's really fun." Never watching Sex in the City is like having only seen one Daniel Day Lewis movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of thing. weird. Sh- it's, yeah. w- it's people are weird. People are weird, guys. And you shouldn't invite them into your home. <laughs> Um, so those two, those two podcasts are my podcasts. Um, something for everyone. I also work for a podcast network that, um, if you're not familiar with, you should go check out. We're called Wondery. Um, we were responsible for Dirty John, which was a huge hit in the Mm. fall last year. And we're working on some really exciting stuff that I can't wait for, uh, myself. And, uh, so yeah, please, please enjoy our network of storytelling podcasts. We, we have a lot of fun and I, I love podcasts. Podcasts are my life. So much so that I decided I would definitely find a way to make a living doing them, um, having something to do with them. So now I do. So Podcast. Podcast. Check guys. it out. Mego, anything to plug? Uh, this podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, please watch. Please watch this podcast. <laughs> please, please watch, watch. this podcast. I think I'll end it with that. Yeah. Please watch this podcast. Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Also, at... my contact is bothering me. Okay, well, good thing we're almost okay, done. Okay, good oh, Steel sorry. Magnolias reference. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. A, there's a big scene <laughs> where Daryl Hannah loses her contact. I don't want to spoil it for you. Just go watch Oof, the movie. I've, I've seen it before. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, Julia Roberts dies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at The Oscar Should. You can follow us on Instagram at The Oscar Should Have Gone Too. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. You can listen to us on on Stitcher, on the Google Play Store, SoundCloud. Tell your friends. I don't know. That's it. Uh, our next episode will be the year 1991. So that is I'm Bugsy, excited for that one. Beauty and the Beast, JFK. Uh, no, um, I'm sorry. I took them away. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, Lambs 1. And then I always do this. I always forget one of the movies. Oh, it's uh, Prince of Tides. Prince of Tides. Look it up, guys. Guys, just look it up. So watch the movies. Um, We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good time.